Welcome back to Squelch. I'm Dano. And I'm Magooch, and we're here yet again to remind you that Hearthstone is a game, and games are supposed to be fun. <laughs> yeah, well, it's supposed to be. Uh, before we get this episode going, I believe that congratulations are in order now that we've officially made it to episode two. They said it couldn't be done, but we showed them. I really think we might be onto something here with this whole podcast thing. I I don't know, man. I, <laughs> podcasting is it's never going to catch on. I read an article. Actually, I disagree. I read an article from a New York-based uh, magazine that someone recorded six whole episodes. So New York. <laughs> so I think I think uh, I think we're onto something new and awesome here. All right, let's do it. All right. So it is time for tea with Finley. This is the part of the show where we talk about what we did this week in Hearthstone. Hello, old friend. Let's meet for tea after the match, shall we? Uh, well, I went to play the quest after last week's show immediately. Had a blast. Took a while. Uh, the rest of the week I have spent uh, doing nothing until today when I got back into wild and got three wins and then tanked seven. <laughs> so, how about you? <laughs> well done. Yeah, it sounds like uh, the latter. Um, yeah, I hardly played at all either, actually. My brother's wedding sucked up almost all of my time. Um, and then once that was done, we celebrated my 38th birthday. Uh, you, oh, I can't sing it. It's copyrighted. It, I don't think it is, but that's okay. You don't have to sing it. <laughs> um, yay. Yes. Yay me. Uh, it was so many donuts. My brother had donuts instead of cake at his wedding. And then that's amazing. Uh, I love donuts. And so instead of having cake at my birthday, we had donuts. And then at work today, my boss brought in donuts for my birthday um, I'm done with donuts. <laughs> it was, yeah, or you're in an episode of Dexter. I could, yeah. So yeah, I just really, um, for Hearthstone, I just kind of ran the brawl before bed. PVE content isn't kind of my thing. I kind of find it a little bit boring. Um, but this has been kind of fun because it's like story driven. Finally, finally beat the uh, brawl. Got all eight wins. It only took me forty eight hours, so uh, it's impressive. I think. Um, <laughs> That's some commitment. Yeah, it's the only like ranked ladder I had was with the Star Aligner Mage, which was kind of fun and kind of awful. So I'm currently five stars rank <laughs> four, which I'm happy with. Agreed and agreed. So now it is time to eat our hearth burgers. The hearth burger is a sandwich created by Hearth the Innkeeper to get rid of meat that had gone a little sour. A hearth burger is two good ingredients sandwiching a not so good ingredient. Me hungry, you yummy. Magooch, what is your first ingredient this week? All right, so uh, Blizzard and Team 5 are always taking chances with reveal season. Uh, being a long-time Magic player, I am used to reveal season. Something comes around four times a year for them, three times for us. Uh, it's super great that they're experimenting with how they do the whole thing. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have long-term effects, so they have a lot of leeway, really, to, to do stuff. I love seeing variants where magic reveal is kind of rote, you know, it's there's a couple special things, but generally it's like ping, 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 ping. And Hearthstone has uh, the ability to do some cinematic or theatrical or really big kind of stuff, and I love that. I agree 100%. Best drip feed yet. I'm not, like, craving Hearthstone content as far as, like, give me more cards right now the way I usually am. Um, I think it's interesting how they mapped it out. I like that they are taking chances with it and that they're revealing cards that are 
kind of grouped together in like, you know, the Highlander cards were released and then they're releasing other types of cards in a similar fashion. So, yeah. Yeah, we got like a big straight epic drop. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fun. Like, I like how they're doing this drip feed. We'll talk about today's uh, <laughs> um, YouTube stream later on. But uh, uh, yeah, love the uh, love the drip feed. I think they're doing a great job this year with it or this expansion with it. Yeah, so that takes me takes me to my sour is, uh, you know, I love that they are trying some different things, but I feel like they fell flat on a couple of them, and it wasn't just Blizzard. Um, that sand thing was crazy, and God love the mods of our Hearthstone. They tried to turn their reveal into a game, but the thing you really have to understand about that is when you crowdsource a puzzle to the internet, you have like five minutes, not two days. Yeah, yeah, my sour is the meta has stabilized and it kind of has stabilized back to exactly where it was pre-everything. I don't think this is bad necessarily. I think the new cards add flavor and fun to it, like the buffed cards and like the and um, snip snap. Um, but the meta has certainly stabilized and I'm ready for the expansion to drop. Like I'm kind of getting kind of, a, not tired of ladder, but I'm just ready for something new and interesting. On that note, uh, like getting a little, maybe maybe a little bit of ladder fatigue, even a little bit of brawl fatigue. Running two weeks is like a stretch for the same thing because everybody always likes to see something new. But my god, so many packs! I was grinding my alt just so I could open packs. Uh, seeing everything they're giving us from the fire festival is like a really nice breath of fresh air. On top of buffs that. Here's a whole bunch of stuff, like whether you want to fill out some standard decks, maybe you want to gather some dust to play wild, like giving all of these packs away is just such a super generous thing that is going to be overlooked by any tiny little thing that, that people can nitpick about. And I, I really think it, it shouldn't go without saying that this is a very gracious move on their part. Oh, and I agree 100%. Like the packs are wonderful. Uh, no complaints from me at all. I get what you're saying with the brawl this week, but it's been like, it's the summer and the summer is hard to like sit down at your computer and play a game. So I like that they've given two weeks to get this kind of done. Um, I wouldn't have got done in one week. I didn't get, I didn't beat, Rafa, I didn't beat uh, Rag until today. So it was, it was, it was sweet being able to actually have that extra week to get, to get that extra stuff and, you know, got the first golden common and then I'll be able to go back in the next couple of day or two beat it in like the 40 minutes or whatever it was um which i'm sure i'll be able to do once i just sit down and do it but i appreciate that considering it's the summer and you know summer means stuff it means weddings it means games it means getting outside so i, I can appreciate that and on the heels of that it's it's an iterative brawl too so you can finish it and then you can try and beat the 60 minute mark and then you can try and beat the 40 minute mark there's there's multiple things that you can try and do and then you get a pack on top of it. So when they're going to do a downtime brawl and stretch it out, I mean, this is probably the best implementation they could have hoped for. And it's it's not a brain-dead kind of brawl either. It's fun with the hero powers. Like, there is a little bit of, like, a fun little learning curve. And being able to go into certain certain bosses with certain, you know, tactics in mind so you can blow through it. Like, I've actually I've played it three or four times now, and I would have beat it on my second time, but I was playing on mobile and wasn't paying attention to my health. And so I set up a two-turn lethal when the computer had a one-turn lethal. I could have avoided by just healing. But but it was it's uh, 
It's good. I, I don't even care if I win. I get to play that card that steals three cards from the AIS hand. It doesn't matter. It's totally that's, fun, that's, right? That's good fun. Yeah. I love the expansion of the story via the brawl. I think Magic does that with like novels and that kind of stuff. And so I think it's super fun seeing Hearthstone create its own world and its own story via gameplay. I feel like they haven't done this quite enough. And I know they have during like being able to buy different stuff, but I like you know, also expanding it via just free-to-play content like the Brawl. Yeah, but I want them to keep that up. I get more interested in the in the expansion. I'm super excited about this expansion. And a lot of it's because of the expansion of the storyline. So, and, and for Magic, it's been integral to the way they do things for years and having it be like a fresh breath and not necessarily something they're always going to do going forward is, I, I think, a nice little touch for our stuff. Agreed 100%. So, so we're a couple of filthy casuals, and as filthy casuals, we talk about the meta between rank 20 and rank 1. Each roll, each week we roll a d20, pick a rank between 1 and 20, then talk about the meta at that specific rank. Last week, actually two days ago, because I forgot to roll it last week, I rolled a 4, so we'll be talking about the rank 4 meta today. One day, I'll be a real knight. Alright, so it looks like our tier 1... This control warrior, boo, that counter, yay, Murloc Shaman, what? I think it's the more controlly Murloc Shaman, as opposed to like just like the blast your face Murloc Shaman, but or maybe it's a combination of both. I didn't dig into it quite enough, and they kind of combine the two. So like if you have Murlocs in your Shaman, you're considered a Murloc Shaman, even though there are definitely two variants of like Murloc Shaman, right? So... Well, having the, the aggro overload version is a, an independent thing that's a decent bit lower on, on Tier 2. Yeah. Uh, kind of separates that. And I've played both, and the aggro one is way more fun, but not nearly as good. Um, which is how, <laughs> how decks usually work in Hearthstone. So, Control Warriors at the top of the meta, 53.56 win rate when I look at these stats um, on Sunday night. Uh, and the, it is a straight-up control warrior, like 29 cards that control the board, and then... One card that's... Yes, then Dr. Boom, yeah. Mad Genius. <laughs> oh, all right, so it's 28 cards. <laughs> Boom and Elysiana. That's true. Elysiana, which is <clears throat> only used in, like, the warrior mirror. I, yeah. And then the rare, like, do-nothing shaman or weird priest that you run into now and again so really the only thing i have to say about this little pocket meta is where's priest i mean it's like we were talking about last week it's great to see diversity there's three six nine, 10, 11, 12 13 14 15 different decks so we've got like a really good representation of all but one class yeah and priest is on here actually silence priest i think is considered i think they have it on as tier three and it's a sub 50 percent win rate it's like 47 48 percent win rate um which is cool right i mean i'm glad silence priest is a thing again i like silence priest a lot i think they really tried to make silence priest work but i mean it's just not a good metaphor for that sort of deck i don't think yeah it's a little too minion centric to have slow shenanigans even uh the, the infiltrator card i mean seems bonkers but when you can drop a doomsayer and 
not play anything and die. It doesn't really do what it's intended to do for them. So Yeah, and I think you have, I mean, you have Mage, right? When Mage is dropping 8-8s just like they're candy, and they're not even trying to control the board, they're just stalling the board. You know, they're just, they're not trying to clear your minions, they're just freezing it. And so they don't care if it's silence or not because they're just going to freeze the whole thing, get on with their game plan, which is dropping 8-8s, eight and they're going to punch you in the face quicker than you can punch them in the face, which I think Silence Priest is, is an aggressive deck, but it just can't compete with the other, like, really minion-focused decks, which is going to be, you know, Mech Hunter, which is going to go tall on one or two mechs, and then, or, you know, Mage, which goes wide with just crazy giants. So it's just... And it, in, in this pocket, you've got Hook Tusk Broken, which doesn't... I, I don't know how Hook Tusk performs, particularly against Silence Priest, but um, I do know with Infiltrator, Wacky Rogue goes wide enough with enough shenanigans and resources to kind of neutralize that, at least Infiltrator in particular. Yeah, Hook Tusk Rogue is weird. I don't know if Hook Tusk Rogue is really a thing or not. Because, I mean, HS Replay always it seems to always be... 51-52% for the past month or so. I've played it, and it's fun. But it's, like, stupid fun. And I wouldn't say it's good. It, I mean, I think it really depends on what you're going up against. And it's just not quick enough, because Hook Tusk is really your whole win condition. You want to clear the board, flip the board with Hook Tusk, and then go face. So if you're going to play... If you're going to play Control Warrior, the, the key is, is the mirror. Like, you have to be pre prepared for the mirror. Because that's gonna go 30 minutes to 45 minutes it's gonna end with both of you playing Alisiana and it's I mean really the key is you have to play Dr. Boom first or you have to be really really keyed in and it's kind of all about just saving those threats and not overreacting to them getting a little bit of a board um, and if they drop Alisiana first then you're in a pretty good spot drop Alisiana first then it's you're in less of a good spot. And if they're playing Bomb Warrior and they realize that you're Control Warrior, they're just going to sit and wait until you play Elysiana and throw a bunch of bombs in your deck and you're going to lose. It's going to be 40 minutes of time wasted. <laughs> so Wasted, true. But that that's a really interesting tension in the meta. It is. And I don't... I, as much as I'm not a fan of playing against Bomb Warrior, it's really cool that it has... That that's a totally different angle. It's not something the Hearthstone's traditionally done for years. So having that as your angle of attack as weight, which is definitely not beneficial most of the time, that's that's a really skill testing deck. So if that's the that's your angle of attack and you can identify that and play to it, great. Yeah, you know, I mean that's. So very skill Yeah, I remember the first time I played. I've been playing this Control Warrior a little bit than that last couple of weeks. Whenever I get bored of playing something good, I'll play this until I get sick of playing Control Warrior. And <laughs> I remember the. I can vividly remember the first Bomb Warrior who just sat with a full hand, and I was like, "What does this guy got?" You know, I mean, we're both playing Control Warrior. You know, I'm like, "What's he really sitting on?" We're just both kind of sitting on a bunch of silences and nothing, and then. I play Elysiana, and he plays bomb, 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 bomb. And I'm like, oh, I see what happened here. <laughs> Just conceded right there, because it was over. You did that what Hammett tech? Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, he called, he called while I was playing and just played perfectly to uh, his win condition. Um, so that's really what it's about. And, and if you've you got time for it, you know, prep yourself for a long game, go into it. 
clear your head. But if uh, you're playing Toilet Stone, <laughs> it's not those, those aren't game games. at all. And so looking at the numbers, you know, we took, you know, so 11% Control Warrior, 11% Mech Hunter, 11% Cyclone Mage. Um, I've been playing rank around rank four for the past week or so, and that's really kind of it. It's Control Warrior and Cyclone Mage is what I've played against, not even much Hunter. So it's a... Uh, it's varied, but you can really run across the same matchups over and over and over. When those same matchups are Control Warrior and Cyclone Mage, like it gets tiring quickly because Cyclone Mage is just RNG Fiesta. They're freezing your board and frustrating you. And then Control Warrior is kind of in the same thing, but in a different way. They're just removing every single thing that you do, and it just seems like you're stuck. So, But it's still fun. I'm not complaining about it one bit, but if you get stuck playing against those same two decks over and over again... It can get a little bit uh, tiresome. Yeah, definitely. But again, game fatigue and play fatigue. Yeah, yeah. All right, so time for the rope. The rope is the part of the show where Maguch and I go head-to-head and talk and debate something interesting going on within the greater Hearthstone universe. Oh, I love that fuse thing. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Dano versus... Magooch! <sighs> Alright, question one. Sir Finley of the Sands is a 2-mana two 2-3 two, Paladin Legendary Murloc that lets you discover an upgraded hero power if your deck contains no duplicates. Would you say this is good, bad, or Mimi? Okay, I'm going to say this is good. This is going to be damn good. Um, we get plagued by... Baku decks for a long time before it got rotated, and I think some of the things that are going to shine that are picks off of this are uh, Druid, Dire Escape Shift, 2 Armor, 2 Attack, uh, Totemic Slam, Choose Your Totem, Soul Tap, Draw Card, 2 Mana, no, no Hurt, even Tank Up Heal, Rogue, I mean there's nothing bad you can get from this. It's a 2 drop, you can play it early. It's really not deck-dependent other than the build. And you could draw this late with a couple duplicates, maybe, if you need to build your deck that way. I mean, I think this has a lot more versatility than people are thinking that it does. Uh, and even if you're going with a straight no-duplicate list, these these hero powers are powerful. Even if you replace Paladins with two one ones, that's still a bane of wild play right now literally today i got smoked by odd paladin <laughs> twice uh with with odd rogue that's supposed to be an aggro deck and they are just the ultimate aggro so this gives you access to so much value over the entire game if you can land it early and it doesn't it doesn't suck to draw this you can hero power play this hero power again there's there's chunks of value you can get off of it. And I just I think this is going to be supremely underrated because it doesn't do anything specific towards your end game, but the, the amount of value you'll get off it is just insane. Uh, I agree to an extent. So this is an aggressive card. It's going to be good in aggressive decks, right? You're looking for life tap. You're looking for the upgraded hunter hero power. You're looking for something to give you some board control. You're looking for the druid hero power. So if there is going to be an aggressive Paladin deck, this will 100% be in that deck. 
I think if you're looking at if the more controlly Paladin decks, I don't think you're going to want to put a 2-mana two 2-3 two, in your deck. Um, you'll probably be playing with a big hand, so you're not really too interested in life tap. Maybe tank up could be really useful in that situation. But I think it's really going to depend on... It's really going to depend on if there's an aggressive deck. I could see, I can see the argument where like this can go in any Paladin deck because the upgraded hero powers are good. They're just like stupid good. So I think it totally matters. I think it's going to be good if there's an aggressive deck. I think it's going to be a Mimi if there is not. Excellent. Uh, number two, uh, we have the Druid card. Uh, Elise the Enlightened. Five mana, five, five. Legendary, no tribe minion. Battle cry if your deck has no duplicates, duplicate your hand. Good, bad, or meme? Uh I think it's a meme. Um and and maybe bad. And maybe just straight bad. Because you're not gonna be able to control what is in your hand. It's gonna be that kind of, you know, how have you drawn into it? Druid does not have great card draw right now, so you know, deck full of singletons, you might have two or three cards you want a duplicate of. It's a 5-mana five 5-5, five five, which is good. Like the stat line is just fine. But I don't think getting an extra hand is really worth... Is kind of really worth it. Unless maybe it's an aggressive type of... But I just really don't see this card kind of being worth it. Unless they come up with some more... Drew comes out with more tools. Right now, it really is a one-trick pony. It goes wide. It doesn't care about value like this. It's just trying to go wide. And then as soon as it gets wide, it's going to punch you in the face and you're dead. So, uh, current iterations of Druid, not good, but it could be fun for a meme, so. All right, so I'm, I'm going to disagree this time around. Uh, I think this is a wild card. This is a combo finisher. Um, this is an Aviana Kuhn type of hold this, exhaust your resources, duplicate your combo. I, I can't speak to anything uh, in particular, but I've seen a lot of things with Twig, Moonfire, Malagos, Floop. Um, this will be where the Spike Timmy people come out and don't play this card until there's nothing in their deck and do something ridiculous and you're like, uh, what? Um, in standard, I, it could have just pure tempo application, refill your hand, play it on five, get three or four more cards. It's not terrible. But uh, this this is a card that's making me think that Team Five is is considering actual wild support and putting things in that are going to be overlooked by standard players that have crazy implications in the wild format. Or you just play this in a spell heavy deck, right? And then you just play Geppetto, you pull Malagos, and you pull this, and then you play this, and you get a 1-mana Malagos and a 9-mana Malagos, and you play both of those, and then some Moonfires, right? I mean, Yeah, you could you could play a numerical deck with a bunch of Innovates yeah. and Moonfires and Pounces and whatever that deck is that does that. Yeah. I mean, even, at the, even if your deck is empty and you play this card, you have no duplicates in your deck, right? So you just... If you can duplicate exactly, a, exactly. You know, That's why I think it's a wild mana. combo card. It's yeah, just there are some combo. Yeah, you're right. I'll give it to you. What matters in your hand. Yeah, this could be kind of fun, actually. So definitely at least a meme, if not good. All right. Dino Tamer Bran is a seven mana two four legendary minion that summons King Crush. If your deck has no duplicates, good, bad, or meme. 
bad. I I I know there's there's it synergizes with Bran and Wild. You can play Bran and this, and then you get two King Crushes, and then if you're at turn ten and you need to pull sixteen power, you're probably long dead. So I I, I honestly don't know. This card baffles me. I, I feel like it's a trap card. Um, it looks super powerful. It has combo potential, but it's so slow that I, I just don't think it's really going to do anything all that great. It, it can pull you back if it's maybe a comeback card, but I don't think this this is not a good condition. It doesn't do anything powerful enough on its own. I don't. Well, yeah, this is 100% a trap card, but it's a 100% an awesome trap card. <laughs> It, I will concede that point. Yeah, it's a 7-mana 2-4 with a bonus crush. I mean, you can have crush in your deck naturally. So you have a golden crush and a golden downtimer brand. That's two golden crushes. It's the dream. It's the dream. So This is also a stealth nerf to calling and astromancer and anything that cares about summoning hand size or previous cost things. Hitting yeah. a 2-4-7 drop is bunk. Yeah, it's also kind of that's that's true, and I wonder if that's part of why this is so overcosted. But you're getting King Crush, which is the most amazing legendary card outside of Leroy Jenkins. So um, if you think if it, a two four and an eight eight with charge on seven is good, right? Like no one's gonna say that's bad. So the question is, is having a deck full of singletons and hunter worth that? And just no way, right? And was King Crush cost nine? Nine, yeah. So you could just play King Crush and on turn nine, yeah. Do other things, yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent, right? So like, I mean, you'd want to play this on seven and then like crush on nine, right? Just because after they, but I mean, mage sure. mage exists and they're still playing eight eights like they're candy, right? They're just dropping eight eights here and there. So I don't know that it's really worth it. All right, uh, let's move to number four. Uh, Reno the proctologist. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Relic Colonist. Yes. Uh, six mana, four, six, non-tribal legendary minion deals 10 damage randomly split among all enemy minions if your deck has no duplicates. Is this good, bad, or new? The stats are good, right? I mean... Psy is, Psy is my exact reaction. Yeah, so it's a six mana, four, six. It's good. Reno, so a new Highlander Reno card I feel like deserves better than this. Um, but it's a, so I want to say it's four man's Cthulhu, but then I, it's not though, right? Like this is, this, I feel like is going to be one of those cards that everybody underestimates and it's not going to be amazing. This is not going to be a meta breaker, but I think it's going to do more work than people think it's going. So this seems, this feels like Highlander Priest, right? We're like just Reno Priest or just Kazakus or just, um, uh, what was the, I'm blanking on the, the, uh, overpowered hero, um, for Priest. <laughs> Which one? Oh, uh, Anduin? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anduin. They, on their own, they weren't broken, right? They weren't even playable, actually, but like their powers combined, and they just kind of wrecked the game. They summoned Captain Planet. Yep, yeah, yeah. So this one feels like it's it would be f- just fine if there were other Highlander cards to play along with it, but I don't think dealing 10 mana, I'm dealing 10 damage on turn 6 randomly 
for is really worth it. Um, because I don't think this is terrible in arena mage though. Uh, it's meteor with a body kind of, oh. and that's like maybe a poor assumption of what it does. But uh, rogue can get this off their everything that steals stuff. Um, priest can get it with thought steal. I mean, it's not uh, unimaginable that other classes can land this, but it's still not. It's a, it's a bad C'Thun that doesn't go face. And what's the plan if this is in your deck? Again, it's not a finisher. It's a clear the way for a finisher, but it's... I, I don't know what this does on its own that's really all that strong. So if you're playing this in Wild, it's great, right? You play it with Reno, you play it with all the other great mage control tools, and you're in good shape. There, I just don't think there's the infrastructure around it in Standard right now for this card to be playable. Unfortunately, because I love Control yeah. Age. I mean, we have yet to see what's going to come out with this set, but I, I think Highlander asks a lot. It's a high-skill format where you can't... Even though only two cards, two copies of a card is not all that dependable necessarily, you have a 30-card deck as opposed to Magic 60, so it's there's a relative uh, correlation between two copies and four copies. The 60-card deck, you're drawing lands, not creating your own mana, so the reliability, the consistency is is kind of out there. Yes. I agree. So, why so salty? This is the part of the show when we laugh at people who are angry at something that's kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so... I didn't think we had anything for this part of the show today until Blizzard's just wonderful lunchtime stream of digital sand. <laughs> was, that is, I that, don't just, know what... It wasn't even like it was always blowing off a few grains. It would blow away something, and then it would just be Hearthstone background silence for 10 minutes. <laughs> so I didn't even know the stream was happening today. And I went to eat my lunch, went onto YouTube, and saw, I was like, oh, cool, they, they released a new card. And I went to it, and I was like, oh, 60 minutes. They must have released multiple cards. And then I started playing it, and I was like, what? Oh, this must be like just like the intro. Weird they didn't cut this out. And then I fast-forwarded and fast-forwarded, and I was like, oh, wait, is this the whole thing? And so I like fast-forwarded through the whole – I got a good old laugh you out fire, of it. You fire this YouTube PR guy, and then you give this animator like a million-dollar bonus. <laughs> I, think it's, uh, I think it's genius. I think it was hilarious. I, I don't think – It's going to be hilarious in a week. Today, it was pure salt. I thought it was funny as so I'll get out, but I didn't watch it live. If I was like trying to watch it live, it might have bugged me, but like not watching it live, it just really brought joy to my heart. I thought it was just really great. And then the fact that it was one hour, one minute, and one second long, and it's some in terms of death rattles into one ones that cost one, that's just clever. I mean, oh, I didn't even catch the timing. I thought it was just a straight hour long. That's, I'll, I'll give that a little watch. Yeah, I, I mean, the thought that went into it is a little over the top. I like it. It's funny. It's, you know, it's a bummer for people that may have planned their day around this, like they're working in the day, they're taking an early lunch or a late lunch because they wanted to watch this, and then and then they get trolled by Hearthstone. I don't know. I think it's kind of fitting, but I can see why people are mad, but I found it just immensely fun. So on the other side of that coin, I, I want to give a lot of credit to the mods of our Hearthstone who tried to turn their reveal into a game 
and then unfortunately forgot that, like I said earlier, you can't crowdsource puzzles. Uh, they don't last long, and if you have a reveal scheduled at a certain time, you can't start that game 24 or 48 hours ahead of time. Uh, a million people will figure that puzzle out. It's, it's the same concept as uh, testing. They can only find so many bugs with 100 playtesters, and when you release that game to the wild to 70 million players, they're going to find bugs that you didn't see in 10 minutes. Uh, there's going to be millions of games played. Uh, it, you know, it's unfortunate. I don't think it was a bad idea. I think it was maybe poorly implemented. I think their heart was in the right place. They tried to put a game together. It was still cute. So explain uh, the game because I, I didn't catch that. So... I didn't 100% pay attention to it, but there was a thread that had clues to a new Reddit user, which was you, um, Savior of Uldum, or, or Secrets of Uldum. Um, and then they released a card that had a clue, and then the, the clue referenced something in the sidebar, and then it was the rope, so they just had to wait until their quote-unquote turn ended in... X number of hours. So they solved the puzzle and then there was still a, a time war mm. where the, nothing could be done and people just got frustrated waiting for the next clue that we're like, we have, you know, the amazing race, you don't get to like open an envelope with an egg timer in it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, it's really good. It's, that's going to be frustrating for the really hard, like the really, really interested people right and those are the ones who are always gonna get frustrated by that with that but that's also like your most important group of people right so keeping them happy keeping like the people who are on our hearthstone all the time as happy as you can keep them i guess is important when you ask people to dig a hole there better be something at the bottom of the hole well there was it was a bunch of sand and then there was a five mana five five right well i mean there was a steel <laughs> ball with a timer on it first and then there was a five months harder <laughs> so enough. Fair enough. You Fair know. enough. And like I said, the heart was in the right place. It was a great idea for the game. I just think, you know, there needs to be a little more consideration about that. And I, I do not fault anyone other than the world for having so many people that just figured it out way too fast. Yeah, puzzles have been ruined by the internet. That is 100% true. Um, I'm bad at puzzles, so I appreciate that. But other people may not. Give me a quest. Give us a quest. This is the part of the game when we get a quest from people. Last week, Mad at Arms wanted us to play Star Aligner Mage. How'd that work out for you? I I got so hot on this deck, like looking at it before the cast and then during, and then once I loaded it up, and so much more now after I've played it. I'm not going to go as deep as I have in the show notes here, but um, <laughs> I played like three games against Token Druid immediately and just got railed. I had it was too fast for me um, and coming from the last time I played Starliner was in the Aviana Kuman liner broken druid wild deck uh, I, my lines were not right but uh, I, I did get my three wins uh, it took well it took six games on the show notes but it took ten in real life um, <laughs> it's, it's it's slow Um I, I got railed by a Venomizer uh, missile launcher combo. I got wrecked by a Nomi Rogue deck that I just he they lunated 
uh, I'm sorry, they uh, mired and no meat before I could do anything, and then you just, I couldn't draw Lunas fast enough to put enough down to get back on board. But uh, the games that I did get down with it, um, two of them I won with a liner, being able to clear my way. It, it does hit face, so it gives you a little bit extra and then makes your way through. Uh, but one of the games I just got back through the, uh, the basically the Conjurer package. Um, so I think there's a lot of versatility in this deck. Um, it's definitely fun. Like I said last week, I love seeing uh, Keysmith and Voodoo Doll. Uh, a couple of the cards are kind of weird, but you have to play everything with 7 health. And uh, like you said, you pinged a giant to get there, and I just did not see that line ever. And I <laughs> maybe would have had some, uh, some outs to that. So I got my 3, took me 10. It was fun. I might play some more of this. And I think this actually could have legs with some stuff that comes out uh, this expansion. I don't think this is a dead or stupid deck at all. Um, so maybe, maybe this will have some, uh, some real game next expansion. Uh, yeah, this was a fun deck. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I had kind of a leg up cause I've played so much like freeze mage and controlly kind of mage the previous month that like, I really kind of had a good idea of how to play this deck just out the gate. I played a bunch of dragon mage when it was a, was a big thing. So I played a bunch of Pocket Galaxy recently, so I kind of had a pretty good handle on what to mulligan for and what each matchup's going to kind of look like, so it kind of was cheating there. But I really found Luna's Pocket Galaxy to be the big winner. If you could get Pocket Galaxy out on four or five and then just all of your seven mana, eight mana, nine mana cards were now costing one, you just you just rolled. It was... It was oh my god. Uh, Luna's into to book is ridiculous yeah it's bonkers it's bonkers. and that's that's the line that i didn't see until after i stopped playing the deck. oh I was like yeah. oh i should just throw draw three seven health things and play them all in one turn Duh. yeah so that's that's the first key to playing freeze mage or playing any of those like um pocket galaxy mages right now it is you know if you have pocket galaxy in your hand it's saving your card draw to after your after you play your pocket galaxy because just the power of like your card draw is so much more important, right? So like if you're drawing a bunch of zero mana giants, it's so much better than you know four or five or six cost giants. So yeah, I this is a deck where you keep that card in the mulligan. Oh yes, one hundred percent. It's a it's a deck where you basically win with that card or lose without that card. Like I w- I found one win without it, but uh, the other my other two wins were because of Pocket Galaxy. I don't think I mulligan for it hard enough, and that's. That's basically the reason that I want to take it out more is to see if I if I can mulligan hard for pocket and see how that plays from there. Like maybe this has like serious legs because Voodoo Doll and and Doomsayer give you so much um, anti aggro, I guess, and not even aggro, but uh, although one of my one of my biggest misplays with this deck was Voodoo Doll on a Sea Giant that I ping the Sea Giant. So yes, yes. I've seen Kibler do that, so you're, you're in good company. <laughs> oh, sweet. Wow, that's the best company ever. <laughs> Aside from you, my friend. But no, so I think if I had to remake this deck, I think I would probably take out the Doomsayer because you have no way to freeze the board in this deck. So the Doomsayers are 
just, I mean, unless you're playing them on two or three, if you're lucky, they're just dead on board. So you're almost using it as a finisher, right? It's a two mana zero seven that you can use with another seven health minion and then play with Starliner to maybe get across the the finish line that way. Yeah, um, the only time I ever felt good playing late was after um, I got like used a Tunnel Blaster to clear or something and I could play it on an empty board and try and give myself initiative again. And then MC Tech, kind of like I said last episode, I feared that MC Tech would just be a bad card because either the, the three classes that go wide right now, Mage, Rogue, and Hunter... Mage goes wide with zero twos. Druid. I mean, you're you're taking cards that are garbage. Yeah, yeah. The best thing you can do with Druid is is steal an acorn guy, conjure it, and get your two things to throw a couple more guys on the board and make their CJ ain't less, and then, oh, you're dead. Never mind. I was able to set up a... uh, MC Tech play against a a, uh, Cyclone Mage. They'd gone completely wide, a whole bunch of zero twos, Cadgar, two C giants. I was able to set it up so it was just Cadgar, the two C giants, and then a zero two for the MC Tech. Play the M- play the MC Tech. Got the zero two. <laughs> it was like it was the, it was like the best possible. I got Cadgar, which was awesome, or I got a C giant, which was awesome, and then a twenty five percent chance to get a worthless taunt. I got the worthless taunt. Uh, I mean, even like the best case scenario, really, it was. I mean, MC Tech's one of those, I feel like it's super good early in a meta, but it just really loses legs so quickly. And in a token-heavy meta like this, it's kind of trash. My favorite win was uh, against Pogo Rogue, where I, I nailed their toggle scheme with the Spellbender from Keysmith, and then busted their board with the Mossy It got a Linecracker off of Call, and <laughs> that was just disgusting. So that was... It was one of two of my three wins for disgusting luck, and that was just beautiful. Yeah, my uh, my favorite win was my fifth win against. It was against a bomb warrior, and I had a pretty garbage hand, but I had uh, a book in my opening hand, and I was holding it, holding, holding it, waiting to hopefully find Pocket Galaxy so I wouldn't burn Pocket Galaxy. And I got to a point where I just had to play it, so I had something to kind of get on board against this bomb warrior. And the first card I got from it was was Pocket Galaxy, which got burned. And I still found the win just by, you know, kind of understanding my win condition and finding creative ways to get seven health. And I, you know, I figured out the ping your own ping ping your own uh, giant pretty early on, which helped immensely because then it was okay so two mana on this giant and then i can play one mana for this and then so kind of figure out the puzzle of the seven health was a lot of fun i mean it's a supremely bad deck but it's um a lot of fun because it's it's just a puzzle and it's trying to figure out how you get all these expensive or worthless minions uh figured out so i really enjoyed that and, and it's a game, and games are supposed to be fun. Oh, yeah. It was a meme. 100% meme. It was the right kind of meme. And I was able to find three. I went three and two with it at rank four. So, I mean, it's not the worst thing ever. But I, I think I got lucky with my... I played Bomb Warrior and Cyclone Mage exclusively. Pretty sure I would have got wrecked by Hunter or wrecked by Druid. But right now, those aren't just... Those aren't on the ladder kind of where I'm at. So... Kind yeah, of I'm, kind of, there. I'm kind of maybe a little mad that my three and ten was or three and seven was like at rank ten. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, rank ten is so random, right? Like you're just kind of 
you just never know what you're going to get at rank 10 because people are just happy to be at rank 10 and then they just queue up the most right. random garbage. Floors, floors are always weird, but I've also been just not playing standard so much, so I'm, I'm not as familiar with the meta other than like Warrior and Mech Hunter. Really? Yep. This week our quest is to build a Highlander deck in standard, so no benefits whatsoever. Uh, both of us will build ridiculous singleton decks and play 10 games on standard whoever has the most wins wins this quest so i'm excited about this i'm not gonna lie i'm excited but i have very very low expectations oh yes i agree i expect to hit the rank floor with this like i'm almost i'm playing plague bringer no no question (laughs) i i think i'm going two ways with this either like hunter and try to like just kind of go super heavy death rattle mechs and see what happens there. Or I think I'll probably go this way is just to go warrior with it because you get to play both booms. You get to play all of the controlling stuff, but also all the, all like the bombs. I think you're going to find a lot of enough value there to find some wins. That's my, my guess. So one of my favorite cards ever is uh gadgets and auctioneer. Uh, Cause I'm a huge rogue player. Uh, and I kind of want to see if I can make uh, some janky, Druid, Mage, Shaman, Miracle deck. Yes, I think I, think I, I want to actually stay away from Rogue because that, that's I play so so too much Rogue. Um, <laughs> and we and, will tweet out our decks before we play them. So like the deck we lock in is going to be the deck for the quest. So yes, once you can that on us if you'd like. Yeah, I don't know where or how what you'll win, but please tell us how bad we're doing. Yes, yes, give us odds on it. <laughs> a couple of filthy casuals uh, so that's it for this episode you can follow us on twitter at squelchcast you can't follow us on instagram because zuckerberg hates us you can email us at squelchcast at gmail.com and you can give us quests by sending in the emails or tweeting at the show at squelchcast do you think you can do a better job of announcing dano versus magooch I don't think you can do a better job. Prove it by sending us your best recording of Dano versus Magooch, and we'll put it on the show. Ooh, big odds. <laughs> All right, thanks, everyone. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you on the ladder and out in the meta.